1: From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking, the show about the most interesting people and stories of Mississippi. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. I'm editor-in-large and editorial cartoonist with Mississippi Today. World-renowned chef, restaurateur, and Pike County native Austin Summerall is no stranger to the kitchen. Owner of White Pillars in Biloxi, Austin King, now add Food Network's Alex vs. America champion and $15,000 worth of bragging rights to his growing list of accomplishments um chef austin uh, just to kind of break in here real quick do you have like a trophy room now kind of like elvis <laughs> we
0: uh so we keep all the trophies at the restaurant and, uh, i won't lie we've got um there, there's three different cabinets of them now
1: yeah that's pretty awesome uh, definitely all well deserved but yeah it, it probably does look a bit like the uh graceland trophy room a little bit on that
0: that's right that's right yeah, they're spread throughout now oh good
1: um, well, you've had a good run, definitely. Like I said, you know, chef, a beer nominee, which in its own right, which uh, we had Hunter uh, on from Elvie's uh, not long ago, and, of course, he's a, he's a nominee this year. And I was kind of explaining to everybody, this, that's the Academy Awards of cooking, basically. And so if you're a nominee, that's a big darn deal.
0: It is, it is, yeah. It's You know, it's uh, that's one of the awards that I think as chefs, That's something that we get probably the most excited about because you come up, you work in all these kitchens and you see all of these, uh, you know, at least famous to you uh, chefs that are getting these James Beard awards. And it really is, that's probably what holds the most weight in our industry, at least, maybe not in the public eye, but at least in our industry. Um, I actually worked for three different uh, James Beard Best Chef South winners um, as I was coming up. And uh, so, yeah, to get on that list, Especially it was only our second year we were open, um, so it was, uh, it was really exciting, kind of a surre- surreal feel- feeling for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, that would be the, I guess, the equivalent of an actor saying, yeah, I got to work with Steven Spielberg. You know, you're getting right. to work with that. Yeah, so you you learn a lot from it, too, and so that's cool. And then, of course, the, the, the 2021 Great American Seafood Cook-Off, it, I love it. You like— Third place, second place, first place. You know, you, you kind of worked your way up to that first place. I but did. boy, getting that crown was pretty darn awesome.
0: It was. Uh, that was a uh, yeah, it was a really special moment. Um, yeah. So you have to win the Mississippi cook Cookoff first. Yeah. Uh, which I had competed in three times before before that, and uh, which just goes to show you the level of competition in Mississippi. Um, in fact, the second place was two hunter. Um, he got first that year. Um, and, uh, so, so finally got to go compete in the national competition. Um, really awesome. My family was there. My wife was my sous chef and, uh, we actually cooked sitting right next to Tori McPhail, who's the famed chef of Commander's Palace, longest standing chef they've ever had there. It's like 20 years. Wow. And, uh, so, I mean, yeah, again, kind of amongst my heroes, uh, and then, yeah, got to bring home the crown, um, Got to have the confetti rain down on us and uh be the king of American seafood for a whole year and uh and get to go crown the next one the next year and uh I got to judge some food competitions because of all that too and uh, that was fun. I feel like that one kind of started opening up some of these doors uh for like food network and things like that too
1: yeah and and I mean you were really good on t v also you did really well um they you know Alex teased you a little bit, you took it, you kind of smiled. Uh, but but like I said, congratulations winning that. Especially considering that first round was kind of bumpy. Um, it, it was. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I uh, yeah I, uh, I you know the funny thing is is that I felt very confident in that first round. I knew my food tasted really good, and I uh, I was a little concerned because I didn't quite follow the rules as far as how you were supposed to plate the dish. Uh, it was supposed to be picnic, and I I just can't help it. I have a fine dining restaurant. I, Tend to plate things that I think look pretty. I feel like you eat your food with your eyes first, and uh, so I plated it too pretty. That's what they said, and um, so yeah, I almost lost in the first round. So it's a little redemption arc.
1: Yeah, and you also got the very um, nice nickname from Alex. Call you're now. Do, does anybody call you Mr. Fancy Pants, or do they dare uh, call yeah, you that?
0: I'm getting it a lot now from, most mostly from friends. But okay. Yes, uh, getting a lot of getting a lot of Chef Fancy Pants. Um, but the funny thing is, and I, I hope I don't uh, get myself in trouble for saying this, but I actually did uh, Chop before I did Alex versus America, oh. and she was she was my judge on Chop, one of my judges on Chop. Oh wow! Fancy pants, then too. So that's it was kind of like our little inside joke. Um, so as soon as I walked out, and she said, oh, fancy pants," and uh, so that was yeah, it was nice to at least she remembered me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Not, well, yes, and but you know, I mean, in your defense. I mean, number one, if you go to a picnic, you can buy some pretty fancy like plates, and you, they even make plastic silverware now that looks like like silver. So, yeah, I
0: agree. So. I agree. And my, my uh, justification was that if I were at a picnic, that I would make my plate look pretty.
1: I, I tell you what, you need to do, and I, I think I I've been thinking about this. I, I really um, feel like I need to jump in on your defense on this. We need to invite Alex to the Grove uh, next That's football I, season, so she can oh understand. My gosh what what that would have picnicking been an amazing, is an uh,
0: angle yeah. i should have gone that way that Yeah, would good
1: yeah cuz i mean seriously there are people with chandeliers um <laughs> so she would understand
0: oh missed opportunity
1: that's okay that's okay i mean there's still hope I and mean, there's still a future that's on right. this but but i'm looking out for you on this tell you're right
0: if, but you're right though. that's a fancy picnic right there
1: yeah it is um i know you know like i said i'm usually like i go buy the thing of chicken and you know throw it in there so um but but I like I said. I mean, I love the show and I love the whole idea of the show. And I think and we've been talking about Alex a little bit. Alex um, She is an Iron Chef winner. Um, very intimidating. Um, grew up around food all of her life. Her mom was an, uh, I guess, a cookbook editor. Her dad loved to cook Italian and Chinese food. So she was she's really, but she's also really good at cooking under pressure like that. So you had some really tough competition on top of the other two chefs that were there with you.
0: Right, like the, you know, the premise of the show essentially is that she invites three chefs of a certain discipline, and ours was Southern, uh, that are that are experts at that, and um, and then she competes against them. But the interesting thing is that her expertise is competing. Oh, she, you know, she's a she's a judge on uh, Chopped. She uh, is an Iron Chef, and then she has her own show where she competes against people, and she does she does very very well with it. She has a very good record um Just not lose very often and her, that's her advantage is that she is used to thinking on her feet she um, she understands the nuance of you know coming up with a dish that that makes sense and she can cook a lot of different uh ways and um, she's uh she's a force uh, it's not not someone to be taken lightly she's a very good chef and she was a even cooler person uh, when the cameras weren't rolling she was um very, uh, very nice and easy to talk to, and uh, you know, actually gave us some time and uh, talked to everybody. And uh, it was great. It was a really cool
1: experience. Tell us a little bit about the setup of the because you get a couple rounds and there are some obviously uh, ground rules that are set up. And then whoever wins, I guess the first round can make it even harder on the other Tell us a little bit about how it was set up and some things that you had to overcome being, of course, you know, being a fine dining chef on top of that, doing comfort food, but talk about a little bit how it was set up and how the contest worked.
0: Sure. Sure. So, um, so in the first round, we had four different variables and, uh, the challengers get to choose variables in the first round. So you, you, you're meant to have the advantage, or you at least meant to think that you have the advantage. Um, and, uh, so you, uh, you compete with those different variables and, and they're, you don't know what they're going to be. You don't know what your choices are going to be or anything like that. So you can't really have an idea of what you're going to cook. I mean, we knew that it was going to be southern food, um, but that's about it. So you have to come up with a dish standing right there with those things in front of you. You know, you're starting to formulate it as you find out each different thing. And then when they say your time starts now, it's not a joke that is real, uh, that Timer is real, you do not get any extra time and uh and when you're done, you're done and you better get everything on there. I also almost forgot my cornbread on my plate in the first round too. Oh wow. Um so that that was that was close. And I felt like my cornbread came out the best. I think that's probably what saved me um from getting eliminated. because um, we we tried all each other's food and everything like that. I brought Alex some of my food. She told me it was the first person to ever bring her food to taste on the show.
1: Oh. <laughs> look at you sucking up that's that,
0: that's that southern hospitality yeah
1: that's oh that's another word for sucking up yeah that's <laughs> but it was good I mean you got great comments I mean you had and it, tell us who the judges were because I love the comments from I guess uh, well I'll let you say first I don't want to spoil your thunder
0: um yes yeah, so it uh you know we didn't know who the judges were yeah the event. so um you don't know who you're cooking for which I feel like I would have loved to have known because you you know you try to like Maybe play the, the things that you think they like. Um, and, uh, so you don't find out to the very end. You do hear some of the comments after the first round and, uh, things like that. Like they didn't, uh, didn't like my, uh, grits. Um, they said they were under, under seasoned on the, uh, on the first one. Um, and uh, of course, then I made them again in the second round because I'm very hard headed and I think they're delicious. Uh,
1: that was a pretty gutsy move, to be I, honest with you.
0: I think so. Now, I did taste them a lot of times and try to make sure that they're absolutely perfect. Um, I even had uh Eric, the host, come taste them during the show. He's like, I can't believe you're making grits again, man. That is crazy. I was like, Well, it's, it's southern brunch, there's no way to not make grits. I was like, We I, I have a southern restaurant, we do brunch. I'd say seventy five percent of the items have grits with them. So uh but the judges were uh Kelsey Bernard Clark, who uh was a uh one top chef, she's from Alabama, and then uh Adrian uh Cheatham, um, who is a uh let's see, I've got it all written down here. She's got a um a cookbook that's like a so- Southern cookbook oh, wow. and from Mississippi, um called Sunday Best and then uh she's a James Beard nominated chef and uh very, uh, very, famous uh, chef. But uh, they were once I did get to meet them after it was all over, especially once once the, they had announced me as the winner, um, and all the pressure was off and everything like that. It was uh, it was really cool. It was a cool experience to get to meet those chefs and uh, um, you know, very accomplished people. And uh, you know, I try to stay in touch with everybody too um,
1: ever since then as well. Yeah, no, I, I would just think of the networking opportunities. No pun intended. Food Network, but. Um... God, that was a dad joke. I feel terrible about that. <laughs> but like I said, getting to meet everybody is just such a huge part of this and and I love Kelsey's comment saying that she would marry this about your food. That's a pretty <laughs> nice yeah, compliment. I,
0: uh, it was. It was. It was pretty nice. Um and uh yeah, of course I appreciate it. You I I didn't get to see any of that um when we uh-huh. were competing. So the the comments and everything um about the actual dishes like when they were tasting them, that was all the first time I'd been able to see it. It was when the sh- when the show finally came out. So um, it was uh, it was very cool um, to get to see, and you know, it's obviously great to uh, you know have have your food be judged and and them deem it worthy. So um, it's, it's a cool feeling.
1: How hard was it to hold on to that secret? Because I mean, you 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 taped this in October, and yeah, so, so yeah, yeah, and it aired months, this month. So, this so air. <laughs> yeah, I won, but it I can't was, tell anybody.
0: It was tough, uh, and then we we couldn't even talk about it until. Um, you know, food Network started uh promoting the show, so um we had to wait until I think it was just like a week before when we were able to start talking about that we were gonna be on there um, It was tough, but worth it. Uh, you know we got to get all excited about it all over again. We watched the show all together as a family, and um I was nervous like I didn't know who was gonna win
1: Is't that funny uh,
0: it was uh yeah it was crazy but but made it really fun and we had a good group uh, up here at the restaurant. Everybody was cheering and having good times, drinking craft cocktails and eating good food.
1: See, that's what I think is incredibly cool is that you were serving the food that you were you were preparing, which a lot of times I'm sitting there watching these dishes, and I'm thinking, I really would like to have some of that. So that would have been a really right. cool experience. <laughs> How weird was it literally watching it from the other direction? Because you were, like you said, you were kind of in a stadium-type type uh, studio, you didn't see the judges, like you said, and then you get to see the other side of the wall on that, and that had to be just kind of a surreal experience, and then watching yourself on television.
0: Well, it's, the crazy part to me is that, you know, we filmed for, week, I was probably at the studio for maybe like 14 hours or something like that, and we filmed for a lot of that, Wow! and then they, got to, they have to edit it all down to a one-hour show, um, so there, I feel like there's so much that happened that wasn't on there. I wish there was, like, a behind-the-scenes edition. Um, and, in fact, they might actually do that for Alex vs. America. And they're, like, an extended version. I think there might be. Um, it comes out later or something like that. Um, but, yeah, there was so much that I felt like wasn't on there. I mean, you can't get everything on there. But, um, yeah, it was, that was part of the, what was a little bit crazy is how are you going to get it down to that short amount of time.
1: Yeah, and, and action packed. Yeah, now, now on top of that, I mean, they can edit that thing any way they want to do it. They could make you look like Darth Vader behind, you know, um, <laughs> right. cooking, like a chef, chef Vader. You know, I mean, right. so you know, you never know how you might end up. Came, but it seemed to be, um, you came out looking good because you won. That that obviously did, and it was it was suspenseful. That had to be fun to watch. Right. Well, and I've done some
0: shows where they kind of try to play up the drama and make you, pitch you against each other, that kind of thing. This show really wasn't like that. Yeah. I think everybody kind of lifted each other up, and uh, it was more about the spirit of the competition rather right. than, you know, I'm I'm going to win because I'm the best.
1: Well, I mean, um, like you said, you got 35 minutes on the second round. I mean, that right there is the competition. Right there is just the time. Yeah. Sure. It's yeah.
0: Yeah. Sure. <laughs> not a lot of time. Especially because when I make grits and griots for the restaurant, it takes – they, they go in the oven for two hours, so, uh, you know, the whole dish probably takes maybe three and a half, four hours to make.
1: How do you do uh, that? How do you take a three-hour dish and make it to a 35-minute dish and, and make it taste well, good?
0: One one, you move faster, uh, <laughs> but two, I, uh, I I use the deep fat fryer um, to uh, crisp up the meat instead of doing it in a pan, and then... Um, I use the cut I used. I use loin instead of, like, shoulder or something like that to so get tender quicker. I cut it smaller, that kind of thing. Um, so there, there are some ways around that. And, uh, you know, you just try to, try to utilize your uh, your food knowledge and things like that to, to give you an advantage.
1: Yeah, I would be so toast on something like that. So, I mean, I would just – that's that's really cool to know that you know the shortcuts and so forth and – uh, uh anyway, Alex had done her homework on you and she knew when cuz the winner of the first round and she won that round gets to set the kind of the parameters for the next round and she was throwing you all kinds of curves.
0: She was, absolutely. And it's kind of funny because I was the third place chef on the uh on the first round, but I felt like she was gunning for me in the second round. Um she, you know, the first choice was uh, on the coast or on the farm, um, and she's uh, like, "This guy's the king of seafood. i are not going to do on the coast for sure." Um, but I also grew up on a farm, so I felt pretty comfortable with either one of those. Um, but yeah, it did feel a lot like uh, like all of the decisions were made uh, to try to put me at a disadvantage.
1: You're listening to Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host Marshall Ramsey, and we're with world-renowned chef Austin Summeron. I think that's a, a fair way to describe you. Um, definitely winner of definitely a winner of Alex versus America in the Southern Comfort episode that did appear just um, just recently uh, on Food Network. And congratulations on that. And like I said, you, you're, your menu – and by the way, the cornbread, didn't you have an option to do like instant versus real cornbread or something like that?
0: There, the first option was to – whether you were going to take already made cornbread and incorporate it into your dish ah, yeah. or to make it from scratch. And okay. we, we chose make it from scratch.
1: Yeah, I would now, think – yeah.
0: We kind of got together before uh, the first round with the other two chefs, and uh, you know, we decided that – I think you get tr- tricked into – trying to trip up Alex, trying to choose things that you feel like would be hard for her. But there's just really not. She's seen it all. She's done, you know, she's had every curveball you can throw at her. So it's not not really an advantage to do that. So our plan going into it was to try to give ourselves an advantage in any way we could. And we felt like that we probably had made cornbread more times than she had. And uh, so that was kind of the idea there, Um, you know, was – play to our strengths instead of trying to find
1: her weaknesses because there's not really any. Yeah, no, exactly. And after I heard you describe what you put in your cornbread, I've got to come down and eat your restaurant and eat your cornbread. Um, <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate that. And you do put a little touch of sugar in it, so you're, you are you are pro-sugar on that front, but you also put in things like peppers and green onions and um, all kinds of good stuff, too.
0: Sure. It's definitely a savory cornbread. You know, it's not, not like a sweet cornbread, but I, uh, the, the Restaurants that I grew up working in and uh, with my family and everything like that, we always kind of felt like you needed a little touch of cornbread or else that uh, cornmeal, the fresh cornmeal, can be um, uh, a little sharp.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, that sounds great. What was your menu for the second round?
0: Uh, so, in the second round, I did uh, grits and griots um, with a uh, fresh cherry tomato um, and then uh, a little bit of grimalata. And uh, sauteed oyster mushrooms.
1: Ooh, that sounds fantastic.
0: For sure. So I was, you know, I was trying to incorporate the on the farm was a the theme, and I was trying really hard to be more on theme for the second round because I felt like that really hurt me in the first. And uh, so, you know, I was pulling pulling things that I, uh, you know, meant a lot to me as far as uh, where I grew up and on the farm and all that kind of stuff. And we always used to go. Uh, Forge mushrooms and uh, oyster mushrooms are something that grows out on the farm that I grew up on. and um, Cherry tomatoes are one of my absolute favorite uh, farm fresh vegetables. So that was, uh, you know, that was kind of the angle I wanted to take on that one. That was my, my approach.
1: Yeah, Adrian had, um, one judge Adrian had the quote, I'm getting farm vibes, which I'm not sure what that means, but that's a good <laughs> thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it was also, uh, I, I grew up eating grits and griots. Uh, You know, we would, we'd we go, like, hunting and stuff in the morning. And my, my uh, grandfather on my mom's side uh from South Louisiana, and that's a very Cajun dish. And uh, we'd come back, and that'd be something that was sitting on the stove and uh, ready for us to eat. And, you know, if you're cold and hungry and, you know, maybe just walked a long way, it was one of those just really good, we called it a rib sticking meal. Yeah,
1: that's it. Ooh, yeah that, that that definitely does some God, that sounds really good I, now see the problem about doing the show is that i 'm gonna have to go get something to eat when we 're done because so, <laughs> yeah, i 'm completely starved run. now let 's talk a little bit about that like I said, you grew up on the farm um just absolutely gorgeous part of Mississippi uh, right near Macomb you know, it's kind of rolling hills, real pretty area. What got you into food? What got you interested into cooking? Was it something that you just grew up with, with your mom cooking or how did that work with you?
0: Sure, sure. So uh you know, I think I get asked that question a lot and uh, so I've I've put a lot of thought into it and uh you know I think it was my family's approach to food that really kind of got got sent me on the path that I'm that I'm currently on now and it was uh it, it was the fellowship yeah. and, uh, the, um, almost romanticizing the meal. And it was more than just sustenance. It was a, uh, you know, it was an event for my family. And I always laughed that when we were eating lunch, we were talking about dinner, and when we were eating dinner, we were talking about what we could do with the leftovers for breakfast. And, uh, so it was, you know, it was an important thing and it was centered around family and friends and, um, you know it was more than just just food. it was uh, you know love and fellowship and all those kinds of things. and I think that's kind of where where it all started. Um, and then as far as like me cooking at an early age, um growing up on the farm, I loved to camp. I was in the boy Scouts, and uh, cooking outside was really probably the first thing that I was like, man, I, I can do this all the time, and I, I loved stoking up the fire the next morning and cooking breakfast over it. Um, you know, after tent camping and stuff like that, and uh, it was just always fun. And I felt felt the connection to the outdoors in that way. Um, I still cook over live fires every day. We have a wood burning uh, grill and a wood burning oven here at the restaurant. Sometimes I still feel like I'm camping.
1: You yeah, know, I remember from scouts, you can cook just about anything in a Dutch oven.
0: That's right. That's right. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, man, some good peach cobbler.
1: Oh, yeah, exactly. That was the first thing I went to when I was thinking about that because I remember the peach cobbler. I remember once somebody actually cooked a pizza in it, and I was like, "How did you do that? That's incredible!" But the stew, uh, yeah,
0: cinnamon rolls. One time when me and my wife were uh, camping, that worked pretty well.
1: Well, you're speaking of your wife. You met her when you were up at Ole Miss. You got a, a restaurant and hospitality management degree, a hotel and restaurant management degree, up at Ole Miss, which is a really good mm-hmm. program, and so forth. And that kind of that kind of got you started. But you met her when you, she was there, right?
0: Right, I did. We met. Uh, we met at Ole Miss, and uh, I actually uh, I was in mechanical engineering for two and a half years, really, and. Uh, I had thought that I would become an engineer and then maybe one day open a restaurant. I would always kind of in the back of my head restaurant was really the, the end goal. And then, um, uh, after some long talks with my family, um, it seemed like maybe, maybe I should just go straight forward it, for it. So I uh, switched my major to hotel and restaurant management and, um, from uh mechanical engineering. And, uh, I had a couple of rules that came along with that from my folks and, uh, one, my dad said, hey, get a job in a restaurant right now and uh, make sure that this is really what you want to do. And, uh, my, my mom was like, you, you still have to graduate on time. So I got special permission from the Dean to take extra hours. Um, I got a job working at Bure for John Current. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah. I, uh, I was, I was working part-time there. I was taking, I mean, like, 21 hours or something like that in the semester. And uh, in my off time, I was still cooking at the house and having dinner parties and stuff like that. And at one of those points, a light bulb went off. And I was like, okay, you know, my plate is extremely full and this is what I'm still doing in my spare time. Uh, so I think this might be what I want to do. And uh, I hadn't looked back. I still cook in my spare time. Uh, I, I'd call it one of my hobbies and my professional uh job."
1: I mean that's the thing. If you love what you're doing, and and you know, like I said, there's a lot of work in running a restaurant and doing all the things, and then on top of what you're doing now, getting to judge contests and be on television and things like that. A lot of work to it, but it's not work because it's something you love to do.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah. And uh, and it was you know kind of going back to the the fellowship of it and yeah. friends and family and things like that. You know, it was it was more than and obviously I loved to cook. Um, but hosting was always very important to me and I always wanted to have people at my house and to serve them and that kind of thing. And so that's, uh, that's what White Pillage is for Tracy and I is, uh, you know, it's like our, our big house that we let people come hang out in every night cook food for them i so, can just you know, picture
1: you, yeah i can just picture a giant dining room um that's kind of open to the kitchen and everything with a giant table with a zillion chairs almost like a last supper table and y'all having a exactly. you know, holding court every night isn't it amazing and i think it's and i've lived around the country but in the south i think we do it as well as anybody how we can incorporate food into fellowship into family into fun and it's just such an important part of our culture
0: yeah absolutely i 100 percent agree it's uh you know, the reason I, you know, I left after Ole Miss and I went to a culinary school in New York and, uh, you know, I was, uh, family and friends were all, Oh, you're never going to come back. You're going to stay in New York forever. You should be a chef up there. And I, uh, you know, New York was awesome. And it, it the culinary school I went to was really cool. And it was a full immersion into, um, what I was passionate about. And, uh, but one thing that I knew is that I wanted to come back to the South, and that was that was kind of my first thought was, hey, I want to be in the South. And uh, so I lived in New Orleans for a little while after that, and then my wife and I moved to Birmingham, and uh, that was where we had our son. And uh, we thought that was probably going to be where we'd stay forever. And then we just kind of had this pull to come back to Mississippi and uh, to be, um, you know, on the forefront of what we felt like was, uh, you know, some of the coolest cuisine happening. It wasn't really getting a lot of attention, um, and uh, which was in Mississippi, and, uh, and to kind of put it on the national stage. and Things like doing Alex versus America really has given us this crazy opportunity to shout it from the rooftops that some of the best food in the world is right here in Mississippi.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what, to me, and that was part of the reason why I was just thrilled I was going to get a chance to talk to you. I just want to say thank you. You really – and we in Mississippi love it when our people do really well on the national stage. You, of course, won. So that's that's obviously doing very well. But it, it's there's a lot of pride, and I think we do food really well. Um, for folks who don't realize, it, you went to the Culinary Institute of America, which is – That's where you go, right? So it's in Hyde Park. So, but I always love it. Yeah, my my son's in the CIA. You know, uh, it always sounds like you're doing something off, you know, uh, clandestine or something. But, but I, but you know, I talked to Hunter Evans about this too. He said, you know, I could have stayed up in New York and worked, and you know, worked under the top chefs in America, but I'd probably be the third chef in line. But I could come to Mississippi and I could create something special. And you did that, and you've got. The White Pillars location, that, that house itself, I think it was built like, 1905. It just it was such an right. iconic location. How did you end up there? How did you end up getting that property? Because the building itself is fascinating.
0: It's a it's a pretty funny story. So it um, goes right back to what we were just talking about when we were in Birmingham. And uh, we, I was the chef de cuisine at Hot Not Fish Club, which was a, an incredible job. And I learned so, so much. And it was a, it's a fantastic restaurant um and but there's not really anywhere else to go at a chef-owned restaurant that's the top spot so um you know felt like i was ready to maybe do my own thing and we want we knew we wanted to come back to mississippi and um we started looking at a few different places we looked in oxford we looked in jackson we were looking on the coast where uh my wife Tracy's from and uh we kind of put the word out with our family to be looking for spaces and i would say within two or three days trezzy's mom called us and said hey i drive by this old mansion on the beach like once a week at least and it's empty and i know it's for sale and maybe y'all should look into it so we're like okay you know, go online look at it online it's beautiful um, of course we're interested so we just clicked the send more information button and we got this informational packet It was just beautiful and had like a flat-screen video and all this stuff. And we're like, oh, my gosh, this is really uh, intense. And I don't know, you know, how, what to do next. And then, of course, in true Mississippi fashion, we figured out who we knew. Uh, and one of Tressey's high school friends' husband uh, worked with the family that owned the building. And uh, so we called him. And then uh found out that him and uh, Brooks Holstein, who's the owner of the building, um, had eaten it hot and hot um, only like two or three weeks before. And I'd actually gone out and talked to their table and everything like that because uh, Adam, who's the uh, guy that works with him, um, because I knew him. And uh, so I got to talk to Brooks on the phone and he said, you know, I, I, I've seen you run a restaurant i've tasted your food they've been to a charity event that we've catered and also and uh, he's like i'm you know i'm ready to take the next step on this thing so we had people that were willing to take a chance on us in this building because it is a big chunk of restaurants 12,000 square feet and um, yeah i was only 29 years old never had a restaurant of my own before and uh, if, if it wasn't for them being willing to take a chance and saying that this this has the opportunity of being something really cool, uh, we wouldn't be here right now. But they did. And here we are, five and a half years later, and uh, hopefully still just going up from here.
1: Of course, obviously, in that five and a half year period, we had the pandemic, which um, was vexing to everybody who was in the restaurant business. Uh, congratulations for surviving
0: for sure. And you know and, and we weren't we weren't special in any way um as far as you know that that happened to everybody. Um there was no escaping it top to bottom. Everybody suffered on that one. Um but we had just been nominated for that chance to work and found out like 20 days later that we were going to have to close the restaurant. Oh wow. Um so that was a little tough. That that hit kind of hard. And we were we were worried that once we were finally able to open back up, that we would lose that momentum that we felt like we had, but we didn't, thank goodness. And when we opened back up um, after the mandated shutdown, um, that was when our our business kind of really took off, and uh, we we learned a lot during that. Um, you know, we it was humbling, but we also uh, you know used it as an opportunity to get creative as far as revenue sources and. We, of course, did to-go food, which is not exactly ideal out of a 12,000-square-foot restaurant, a little bit much overhead for that. Um, but uh, we did it, and we had a lot of community support. We felt like that our community maybe shifted some towards um, you know, supporting local restaurants over chains um, and seeing the importance in that, uh, and then we, we felt that shift stay in that direction. Um, since then and then we did things like online cooking classes and meal kits and you know things that down the road may come back around and uh and um and it's uh you know could could benefit us down the road
1: you definitely worked on things to build community and and i totally agree with you on because i know when you you know i remember the first time eating in a restaurant after um you know take doing takeout and you know enjoying the taste of star foam for you know it seemed like forever and i just remember just enjoying the experience of being able to sit down and have a nice meal and to be able to do that and i think that was the thing i'd missed the most and i think everybody realized that it's like wait this is why this is special we sure. can yeah and we we can do that whole thing like you're talking about sitting at the table and having the fellowship
0: we have we have a big outdoor space also, and then like I said, we have a lot of spa- a lot of room in our restaurant. And we just spread those tables out, and we're able to uh, still get a good amount of people in. So that was that was nice. At that point, we were thankful that we had such a large space.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, amen. This is now you're talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey, editorial cartoonist and editor at large at Mississippi Today. We've got world renowned. And of course, Alex versus America winning chef, Chef Austin Summerall. Uh, chef Austin, thank you so much for being with us today. We're talking a little bit about the business and about your restaurant. Which, folks, if you get a chance, eat there. It's it's great. It's it's um, the location's wonderful. You, I mean, you got one of the nicest locations I can think of. Especially uh, since you are the king of American seafood. Um, you know, you might as well be near the ocean, right?
0: Sure, sure. And uh so we're we're sitting up in the front of the restaurant right now, um, as we uh talk and uh yeah, it's pretty nice.
1: Pretty Bless nice to you. Eat.
0: Yeah. And uh it's uh it's a lovely place to come to work every day and it's a lovely place to come eat dinner. Um but yes, we serve only Gulf Sea food because we feel like it'd be cheating on her if we didn't. She's just right across the street.
1: Oh. Yeah, that's true. You know, you talk, it's kind of hard not to be fresh when you could literally walk out there and grab it yourself on that. So on that. But, it, you know, like you said, you got through the pandemic, you, you know, you, you've, you're doing this now. Everything's going great. But I would say, you're just talking to some of my friends who own restaurants, and like I said, I've watched enough Food Network to know that apparently owning a restaurant is one of the hardest things on the planet because the survival rate for most restaurants is only two or three years. Um, I've watched enough restaurant rescue uh, shows to know that this thing can go south pretty bad. You've been in it for a while. You've been successful. Congratulations on that. Talk about the business side of it because, I mean, you know, we've had food cost increase. There's been a lot of lot of challenges in the last two or three years.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, and that, the, that part's tough and uh, food cost increase and labor cost increase, and it just really – you know, the only only thing to do is it gets, you know, passed along to the guests and it's just part of it. Yeah. Um we uh try to get creative on uh on what we use and uh we do use uh mostly uh local farms as far as our vegetables and all that kind of stuff goes. And we have relationships with our fishmongers and our purveyors and things like that. So um the good thing about that is that they see less of that uh um you know, increase because there's less people between the food and me. So, uh, you know, I have a farmer that drives here straight from his farm and unloads produce. You know, the cost of gas is an issue for him, but it, there's lo- a little bit less factors, um, and then it helps us to be able to keep that food cost uh um, down some so that's nice too for sure
1: and it's great for you because you get a chance to go out and you get to meet the farmers you get to try their products and so forth so you know the quality you know it's going to be Absolutely. excellent too yeah
0: we have some really good relationships with our farmers too um i'm proud to able to call several of them friends and they they do they they're able to uh say hey you know this is great right now this is not so good this is what's coming up um you know our, uh, our oyster farmers, um, which are right here in Biloxi, you know, they'll they'll text me and they can tell me the salinity of the water and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I know essentially what the oysters are going to taste like before they ever get here. And then they, they come in still dripping wet out of the Mississippi Sound. It's, uh, it's a pretty cool thing.
1: You, of course, your head chef. You're the head bottle washer. You do everything there. When you're – obviously, you're – you know, your menu is, is a living document. You're, you're constantly tweaking and growing and on the, how do you decide on what you're going to do next? And do you just like, just get in, lock yourself in the kitchen and experiment and play around a little bit to try new things?
0: I do. I do. Um, usually what I'll do is, uh, I'll kind of, I'll take a menu when the seasons are getting close to changing and, uh, I'll write down some directions that I want to go, some of the ingredients that I want to incorporate, um, and some things that I know are going to go out of season they are going to have to be replaced or, or come off the menu. And uh, and then I kind of use that to work off of and say, okay, well, I'm going to work on this dish today. Um, and a lot of times I can conceptualize something. Sometimes I'll draw it first. Um, a lot of times it's based around an ingredient. Sometimes it's based around an experience. Um, sometimes it's just uh you know maybe i, I had an idea in the shower um and uh and i'll work on it prep it execute it most of the time it's great and it goes on the menu sometimes it has to go back to the drawing board and sometimes it gets scrapped completely and just doesn't work out but um it is that's probably the most fun part of all of this is getting to play around i've got a really cool kitchen with a lot of fun gadgets and um i get to I get to create and uh, you know you kind of can use that um, as an outlet uh, and it 's really nice it 's fun I love it
1: yeah you 're like me in the sense that I get to like buy really cool brushes and stuff and and use it as a tax write off. You get to buy really cool <laughs> gadgets for the kitchen as a tax write off so, <laughs> yeah, right. but you know it 's funny you talk about your process and you know like just as me as an artist or as a painter. What you're doing is so similar to what I do, and it's just it's that's why I kind of geek out a little bit when I hear about the creative process on how you do what you do with food. I, you know, I can do with either pixels or oil or or acrylics, and I just think that's right. fascinating. Yours tastes a lot better, though, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah,
0: I would, I would think so. Yeah.
1: So uh, mine's mine's a little chewy on that. Actually, anything <laughs> I cook, period, is a little chewy, not on top of my artwork. But um, like I said, it's just fantastic. You know, you talk about friendships and families, and obviously. Y'all, I mean, your family is so caught up. You, you and your wife are co-owners of the restaurant, obviously. And your son's in the middle of all that, too. He's watching his dad not only be on television to be successful, but also getting there and getting it done every day and, and going to work and making a big difference. Has he showed any interest in cooking and, and so forth?
0: Yes, uh, for sure. It's uh, he's, he's kind of funny. His opinion changes. Um, uh, he knows he'll work in the restaurant. Um, as soon as he can, as soon as he's old enough. And, uh, so first he told me when he was pretty little that he was going to be a, a server. And, uh, that, that broke my heart a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, wow, buddy. And he was like, oh, they get all the money. And he was literally talking about how, you know, the, you pay for your meal and you give it to the oh.
1: server. I
0: was <laughs> yeah. like, no. like, hey, that's not, that's not exactly how that works. Um, but that was, it was really funny and it was super cute. And uh now he uh now he says he's you know, his first job will be dishwasher, which is correct. Yeah. Um, and, uh but no, he gets in there, he can uh he helps me with the pasta sometimes. He likes to make a pasta. And um you know, he, he spends a lot of time at the restaurant because that's where uh that's where we are. Um my wife started off as a uh um emergency room nurse. That's what her uh her training is in and uh that's what she did in Birmingham and when we first moved to the coast, what she did here too because somebody had to pay the bills and that wasn't the restaurant. <laughs> and uh, But now, um, almost uh, two years ago, um, she came over here full, full-time and is our event coordinator and office manager. And um, so we, we, as a family, spend a lot of time here. When he's not at school, um, a lot of times he's up here. And, um, and it's not, it's really not a bad place to grow up. Um, you know, there's a lot going on, and uh, you know, we get to spend some time together. We get to do some fun things together um and uh, he's he's a big fan of the competition stuff he's a he's a competitive person he does not like to lose and he he's convinced that i'm unbeatable uh, <laughs> but even when i'm not uh uh feeling very confident he's he is a very confident person
1: hey, you took out chef alex i mean come on <laughs> so hes he's got a reason to believe that but no i mean how amazing i mean i'm just coming this is i got my father hat on right now. How great is it that your son can watch his dad do something he loves to do and he can be part of it and you can spend that time so that you know like he actually knows who you are <laughs> when he's grown right. that kind of, so he's not playing cats in the cradle every time the radio comes on that kind of thing right um just, but right. i mean that's that's the the ultimate gift i think from all this not only have you created a successful restaurant and you've you're you're doing well on a professional side but personally and and family-wise you are too and i think that's um at the end of the well, day, that's, that's the best crown you could get of all.
0: Absolutely, and that's that's part of it because I mean I do spend a lot of time here. Uh, you know, yeah. Short days for me is probably twelve hours, um, but you know we we have a fan as a family have decided that you know, if that's how we're going to do it, and we'll just all spend time up here. So um, I do I do get to uh, get to see everybody, and uh, we get to spend some quality time together, and a lot of time that a lot of time that's in the kitchen, but that's okay.
1: I can't picture you sitting down and watching a whole lot, just binging many shows. But do you ever watch The Bear? Yeah.
0: So <laughs> uh, we actually talked about it pretty recently. I know the second season's about to come out. I, I didn't finish the first season. Um, it's tough because when you go home, that show's really stressful. It's
1: very and stressful, all that, yeah. I can't...
0: All that stress on that show is very realistic. Uh, and part of the reason that is, and I'm not, I'm not sure – if, if you're a big fan or not, but, uh, so Maddie Matheson's the, one of the executive producers, he's a, he's a real chef. Um, he's from Canada. Um, but, uh, he does, uh, you know, he's, he's got a restaurant and he's been through all this and that's why that show is so realistic for, uh, you know, the small details and everything like that are really good. Um, but yes, deal dealing with uh, big personalities yeah. and, uh, you know, things that go wrong. Um, I've had two repair people in this, uh, restaurant today two different repair people in this restaurant today um i've had i've had one uh i got the wrong flour from a purveyor two times um it just came back incorrect again today so i mean all those problems and everything all that things that you got to solve before you can have dinner service are uh are
1: real <laughs> that episode where they shot it continuously, like from the, it yeah. was the one where I guess the, the the coupon or whatever went through or something went on. But the, I watched that thing and you know, I mean, the I inspector
0: shows up and all that. Yes,
1: I had a heart palpitation. Yeah, real, yeah.
0: That that is, it, and they can come at any time, and you nothing you can't slow them down or anything like that. You'd be in the middle of the dinner rush and you got to stop. Um, yeah, so it was, I, I do like it, and it's a very well done show, but it is uh, it's <laughs> right. a little stressful for me to watch. I will watch. I will watch the rest of it eventually. Um did, it, was, it was
1: good for sure. Well, if it makes you feel any better, like I said, just and I asked Hunter about the same question, and he was like, "It stresses me out." <laughs> so it's like yeah. that must be really realistic and really good. So I just thank yeah. you for on that. Uh, we're, we're coming toward the end. Um, thank you so much for taking so much of your day to, to talk to us on this, and congratulations once again on the Southern Comfort episode of Alex versus America. That was. Um, Wow, I mean that was what a great win! You get that you get that cash prize, and then you can't tell anybody about it for for months, uh, which is no fun. So, um, but you did get to you. Now we're telling everybody, and and it's you That's made right. you made Mississippi proud, and and that means a lot. So thank you for doing that.
0: Uh, absolutely, thank you for having me on. It was uh, super fun. So- Love, love to talk about this kind of stuff. So, it's, uh, oh, this is great.
1: To yeah, no, I, I'm fascinated. Like I said, on the business end of it, but also on the creative end, and the fact that you're able to 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 juggle both sides of your brain and to be able to do that. Before we go, we got a couple more minutes here, but before we go, talk a little bit about what the future looks like for you. Uh, any additional projects and so forth? Because I know having one successful restaurant and you're you're doing all the things you do is is literally taking up about. 23 and a half hours of your day
0: sure sure Um, but you know uh, there's always I still have that extra half hour left Um, (laughs) so uh, yes we have we have a couple of uh, projects in the works actually Um, you know the coast is a really interesting place in that uh, you know it's a a, several different towns yeah um, but at times it kind of all feels like one Um, but they all kind of have their different vibe and everything too so we, um, we've got a couple of projects going right now. We've got one in ocean Springs that we're working on and one in Gulfport. So they're at the very baby stages. So that's probably all I'll say about them, but, uh, it is exciting. And, um, you know, I'm, uh, I, I told Tressie, I've got too many ideas for one menu. Um, so I need, I need some more outlets, uh, so I can do some more things and, and there'll be slightly different concepts and everything like that. Um, here at White Pillars, we literally make everything from scratch. We make our bread, we make our ice cream, even we make our own ketchup, we make our own aioli, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, so it's uh, it, it'll be a little bit more simple probably than the than that because that that takes a lot it takes a lot of time. and effort. So, yeah.
1: So um, so if, so if you've got multiple restaurants like that, then you obviously are hiring chefs for those restaurants, and, you, and then you're kind of in an oversight management, or you're going to be sure. kind of bouncing between the restaurants.
0: Well, I'll I'll bounce between and I'll I'll write menus and things like that. But yes, I uh, well, I've got a really good team here at here at White so that that's the only reason that we've even been able to consider this. Um, but yes, we'll be looking for more talent and uh, more people and uh, more chefs and everything like that to bring on board. And um, you know, it's a uh, it's something that we're really passionate about, and uh, we look for passionate people and. Um, We've been lucky enough that we've been able to find them. And uh, when you can do that, when you can build a team full of people that really care, uh, it definitely takes a lot of pressure off of us as owners um, and uh, gives us the opportunity to. Um, Potentially expand That kind of thing
1: too That'd be great That'd be great Well I tell you what I know where I'm going to eat The next time I'm down On the coast And I I definitely Look forward to it And I thank you For taking so much time Like I mentioned earlier Any last thoughts And how can folks Get in touch with you um, You know Find out more About the restaurant
0: Sure sure So um, White Pillars Is open uh, for dinner Wednesday through Saturday And then we do brunch On Sunday Um, You can find us On social media um, On Facebook It's White Pillars on uh, Instagram, it's white underscore pillars. Uh, our website's bulansiwhitepillars.com. Uh, we're on the open table, uh, or you, we're in the phone book. Uh, so anyway, uh, reservations are recommended but not required, and uh, we'd love to, uh, love to feed you while you're on the coast.
1: Well, thank you, and congratulations again for the success, and hopefully to uh, run into you again soon.
0: Absolutely. Love it.
1: All right. Well, thank you for listening and a special thanks to our guest, Chef Austin Sumrall, for joining me today. And if you'd like to hear this or any past episodes, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app on our MPB public media app. Now You're Talking is a production of MPB Think Radio with episode and podcast produced by Jermaine Flood. Hey, stay tuned for Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit coming up next and join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. I'm Marshall Ramsey. Y'all have a great week.